Welcome everyone to another Flight of the Next podcast. Um, on whole, we're here with Eric Sabiano, uh, Dean, and a new guest or host, uh, Ben Bromley. Uh, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Eric, could you just introduce yourself briefly? Oh, yes, that's right. Um, so I've known um, Holly and Dean for a while now. This is the first time I've met Ben. Oh, yeah, Ben. But um, I am a commentator for Football New South Wales, so call a lot of NPL New South Wales women's games and therefore have seen uh, a fair bit of the uh, both current and former Wellington Phoenix players during what you might term the A-League women off-season, so playing in the winter comp here in Sydney. So that's why I've been invited onto this. Good to hear. Uh, ben, did you want to start with a question? Oh, straight off the bat. Yeah, so I just uh, one of the main things I want to know is like, how did you how did you become a commentator? Like, what made you want to be one? Okay, okay. So, um, previously I'd been a writer for Football New South Wales covering uh, the second tier men's comp up here. When so, but it's a long story short. When the coverage was expanded from 2020 onwards to more games, I just put my hand up and they gave me. Um, I think some lower profile games in the competition I was covering at the time, but that then that's expanded as I asked for more women game, women's games and got them. And yeah, so that's just continued on from there. So I've just completed my fourth season as a commentator for Football New South Wales. So that, that's how. So I, mean, I think I was kind of already in the system, if that makes sense. It's good to know, um, especially because it's, it's good that NPL TV is available um, overseas, and I think mm -hmm. that there are people being included who have actually regularly been watching the NPL. Mm -hmm. um, and so they've probably heard your dulcet tones mm -hmm. um, over the season, which is always good. I'm always excited when I know who's on the call. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think we could start, um, so moving on from commentary, um, how roughly are the NPL and the State League structured within the Australian football pyramid? Ah, uh, yes. So, okay. So perhaps it might be best to explain it from before uh, A-League women expanded. So when it was only 12 to 14 games. So it kind of fit in, the state comps fit nicely in that gap between uh, summer seasons. So uh, players such as, uh, a player such as Malia Steinmetz, I think not a, not a Phoenix player, but they, a very popular player among Kiwis, she would, uh, in between that, play for Northern Tigers and pretty much there was the seasons didn't clash at all. So yeah, maybe she'd only miss a couple of weeks here and there. And of course, there's uh, equivalent comps in, obviously, in Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, Western Australia. Um, and, oh, and um, Capital Football, which covers uh, Canberra and the surrounding regions. So uh, obviously we like to think that New South Wales are comps the best, and because it attracts all the, it attracts all the key, it, most of the Kiwis that come over here, and a lot of ex Phoenix players. I'm sure you think it's the best as well. But uh, yeah, just it's it's a tricky time because with A League women expanding, the the uh, overlap period is now getting more and more. So we could see players kind of not if they're regular starters in the dub, uh, not. Uh, perhaps not play NPL anymore, do, just keep training or doing something else, chase overseas training opportunities or whatever. Or if they do play NPL, they'll like, they, you'd almost like they'd be on loan from their W or from their A-League women teams and only play like half a season. So it'd be interesting to see how that's managed. And it's um, actually a lot of challenges for people smarter than me as to how 
they work they work the competition both competitions around that how are the like i mean you mentioned uh some of the state leagues are better than others <laughs> so i've also heard that the victorian npr wasn't too bad yep. how would you compare them uh it's hard to say without the teams playing each other at some point i know there was a all-stars game with um victoria beating queensland recently although that anyone that had earned an a-league women contract couldn't play because they were already in pre-season training so i don't know unless you create some kind of unless you create a women's australia cup which i think they're trying to do at some point um it'd be hard to uh, judge the strength one way one way i suppose you could do it is by tracking interstate movement so i know new St- npl new south wales gets a lot of people especially from canberra but sometimes they come down from queensland or victoria but victoria also gets a fair few players coming in from western australia and south australia so that could be one way seeing uh who moves where in terms of interstate stuff um the other thing would just be um possibly a fairer way because moving interstate obviously for a couple of months is quite difficult measuring the number of a-league women contracted players in each squads in each i'm sorry in each state comp so victoria obviously has a lot because you've got Western United, Melbourne City, and Melbourne Victory. And yeah, in fact, uh, South Australia, given um, I think that good, that went that time a couple of years ago when Adelaide, Adelaide United made the semis with a bunch of locals, then it must, that competition must be doing a pretty good job as well. So it's really hard, it's really hard to say. Of course, I think uh, population just kind of puts um, the Sydney comp or the NPL New South Wales comp. By the way, we call it NPL New South Wales. It's pretty much NPL Sydney plus a team in Wollongong and a team in Newcastle. But because <laughs> it doesn't, because to make it, ver- make it, because by the way, especially for the Kiwis, Australian football is seemingly always more complicated than it needs to be. So New South Wales is actually covered by two state federations. So from Newcastle up to the Queensland border, that's its own set of state federation called Northern New South Wales. So I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why we have two state feds. And then, and then there's um, Capital Football, which is meant to cover just ACT, but for practical reasons, it covers most of Southern New South Wales as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think I've confused everyone. So I should. Someone else should probably start talking. No, you you actually answered the question I was going to ask and talk about. Sort of like you know, it goes to Newcastle down to Illawarra Stingrays. Is there any scope for expansion? Do you think in the region? expansion uh there well any any form of expansion would be i think through admitting teams to the second tier which is mm-hmm. called league one women's i think yep. um i i suspect they try to mimic the english men's uh naming by calling the divisions well championship league one and league two like english men's but i sus- but i think the championship someone else um trademarked the championship term in australia first so it so instead, we have NPL New South Wales and League One. They did that recently by adding um, a bunch of teams from Western Sydney and South Coast Flame, who are based kind of near Stingrays. So mm-hmm. if they were to expand the state comps, it'd be by admitting teams into the second tier, and then maybe uh, they would get promoted. So we would see, I mean, we might talk about this a bit more, the uh, promotion relegation between the two tiers. One team goes up, one team goes down. Unfortunately, um, Bankstown City featuring Brianna Edwards, uh, they were relegated this season. And coming up will be the University of New South Wales. So uh, that's it remains to be seen. Obviously, if uh, University of New South Wales have any Kiwis next year, um, our teams are allowed to sign two visa players per club. So. Uh, 
So why are they called national premier leagues and not oh. just state leagues? Is it, That's like, again, it's, it's, it's always we it's always overcomplicate Premier leagues, and you're like, yes. oh, they actually run a comp across the country, but it's not the case. So maybe you don't have the answer, but I'm curious. I, this naming change, I mean, I don't know exactly why, although, um, because it, it kind of was brought in firstly for the state men comps and then over to the women's comps before I started really following them. It's about someone decided that this this was the way to brand things, and it was in conjunction with a uh, a final, well, they call it the National Premier League Final Series for Men's, which is basically the winners from all the men's top-tier state comps, played in a knockout competition, and then the winner was the national champion uh, of that. That the competition, COVID kind of killed that one. But um, I, for short answer, I don't know why. Like, I mean, it, it is effectively the same competition as when it used to be called New South Wales Premier League. I know that for teams to be called... For a comp to be called National Premier Leagues, there has to be certain requirements in terms of the uh, coaching qualifications for basically everyone involved in the clubs. And that's not just first grade, that's all down to the youth. So I think is minimum C license for under 14s and then over to whatever license you need to be involved in first grade. There might be some other off-field stuff like financial stuff and facilities as well. But to, to that, sorry, to, to answer, I don't really know the answer to your question, but I suspect <laughs> to use... um. The Newcastle comp or Northern New South Wales, as an example, they went from being Northern New South Wales Premier League to NPL Northern New South Wales for this year. And I, the cynic in me says it's just kind of a box ticking exercise because if the name has changed, maybe some things have changed, but I'm not sure the standard has actually changed that much. Well, I mean, the Jets play in the regular yeah. New South Wales yes, anyway, so okay. and more complicated stuff, academies yeah. work. Perhaps you could talk uh, about this. Yes, well, I mean, also there's a little bit of controversy with Capital Football, who runs Canberra United, deciding they would they will disband the much-loved Canberra United Academy, way outside the scope of a Phoenix podcast, but yeah, pretty much everyone is um, filthy about the decision. But so, if I, I think 2015 was the first year the Jets Academy played in the Sydney Comport, NPL New South Wales, I'm going to guess the decision was to get a higher standard of competition in Sydney as opposed to Newcastle, because of course you remember not just first grade, but it meant all their youth from 14s up was also playing in Sydney comp, and at least the idea going um, testing themselves against um, better opposition. And it's despite Jets basically rarely winning first grade games, I think it does okay in terms of developing players. You'll all know Mona Walker, who I saw for the first time I think as a 16 or 17 year old when the with the Jets Academy, I was very impressed. There's also Claire Wheeler, I think, is the obvious, is the standout. Now, in the Matilda squad, also players like Kirsty Fenton at uh, Sydney FC. So, it it does its play of a... Hey, there we go, Dean. Yes. It does its job, uh, I think, reasonably well. But it's just, I do wonder if there's a better way to do it. Uh, it's been said by, especially by people that have had to call emerging Jets games. It is can be a tough watch, given that they um, they've basically won what two games in the last four seasons so they can't be relegated they go up yes they cannot i'm so confused it you is... look at the table and it's like oh jets are at the bottom they'll get relegated but they, no they, they, they can't. city got relegated as yeah because as well first thing is youth academies can't get relegated under the current competition regulations so that covers um uh emerging jets and football new south wales institute which is um kind of like the state 
the state academy for the whole um the whole of football new south wales territory and of course there's um equivalents in the other states playing in their own uh, state npls uh youth academies can't get relegated to make it more confusing there's also bulls fc academy in our comp uh, with i think charlotte lancaster did very well for them this year they got academy in their name they're not an academy they've also got players in their 30s and they can they can get relegated although <laughs> yes see this is this is straight it's like just i it's good to be on a i mean although two of you do live in a, in sydney with me um it's good to be on a uh, Kiwi podcast, so I can like expose Australian football for the binfire that it is. <laughs> <laughs> Some Australians might watch this. Just watch out. Yeah, that, well, <laughs> uh, they they better agree with me. Ben, you must have some questions now. Yes. Yes. Uh, so what? It went emerging jet, jets down the bottom, and then it skipped all the way up to Bankstown getting relegated. Okay. Yeah. So now I get on to club championships. So we don't just we don't just take into account first grade when we get when we decide promotion and relegation for the women's so i can't remember which um form of football australia td suggested this but he basically decided to ensure that clubs care about youth he recommended club championships so the npl new south wales club championship involves first grade reserve grade and under 18s so combining the point combining the points from all of those it ended up with Bankstown City, despite them being mid-table, they did not very well in reserve grade in 18s. And so it was uh, them It was them that got relegated based on uh, poor youth performance, shall we say. So, yeah, um, it's interesting, though, because you know, have, I have this same discussion sometimes with people from other states because I think football New South Wales were the only, are the only state that does club championships. Everyone just goes off first grade. And in fact, um, we got rid of the club championship for our men's comps. So it's only the women's comps that uh, use um, comps other than first grade to decide promotion <laughs> and relegation. Let's talk about some of the other problems. With, <laughs> yes, uh, we got problems. With the, uh, I mean, it, it, it is confusing. And, and I think for the most part, it's a matter of like, if you want to watch the NPL or the state leagues, just watch. You yeah, don't worry yes. too much. Don't, about, don't ask too uh, many questions. Uh, how it works. Don't ask too many questions. But I mean, there's been a lot of issues with that semi-pro level. So I'm going to call semi-pro like below the A-leagues, but above grassroots. So your state leagues and your NPL leagues, there've been like issues with academies. I've heard a lot of issues about the massive cost of playing NPL mm -hmm. by $4,000. I've heard issues with player churn. Mm -hmm. going from club to club to club. Um, there also seem to be issues with um, like favoritism amongst certain groups. Mm -hmm. What do we need to do? Like, What, what does the semi-pro level need, perhaps, to improve upon? Ah, uh, yes. The uh, people in Australian football argue all the time youth football being too expensive is one of the few things we all agree on. But the problem is... Um, I don't I don't like to talk about Australian rules football, but just using it as a counterexample. In Australian rules football, the top funds the bottom. So it's if you want to get your young kid involved in Australian rules, it's very cheap and easy to do. But yep. um in but um in football it's the other way around. So the bottom funds the top. So like and if if you play, for example, like you, Holly playing in what Canberra Association, by you if you, I'm sure you've seen the breakdown, part of your money 
part of your rego fee, well, a lot of your rego fee goes to um, either Football New South Wales or Football Australia. And it's the same thing with, see, the youth programs for these NPL youth clubs. So um, a conservative estimate for SAP, uh, for what we call skill acquisition program, which is uh, for women's under 10s to under 13s, that is maybe $1,600, might be a bit more. Um, and then for NPL youth, which is 14s, under 14s, 15s, 16s, and 18s, that goes up to 2,400 maybe. And that's before, and that's, and uh, you from, well, you can discuss this, but really the standard practice is you only have two installments to pay that, which is steep to say the yeah. least. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, I, but by the way, at the club I work for, Manly United, I mean, I'm sure they'll, they will, if if arrangements need to be made, that can be discussed. But it is, yeah, it is an interesting time, especially because um, from when you uh, get selected in these youth programs, which has happened now, like I think we've, we're close to finalizing our squads. A lot of the other clubs would be the same. Then there's people already coming in and uh, paying these fees for or the first installment of their fees for next season. And so, yeah, so uh, we don't need, I mean, this is not really the place to talk about cost of living, but, you know, it's finding 1200 bucks i mean it's not something that uh, is easy for a lot of people but just thinking about you know all the undiscovered sam kerrs out there that mm -hmm. just yep. never never play just because of the yeah. cost it's they will both they will do what maybe they do what sam Kerr did it in alternate universe and play australian rules if and go on yeah. to aflw i got a question for ben <clears throat> ben you usually have a review of the MPL matches pretty done quickly after they happen. How much of the games do you actually watch? Did you, did you watch them all? I, uh, so I, I normally have them on, I got two screens here. Yes. So depending on who, I normally watch the Phoenix players play. So say Thank if you. Kelly Brown and Ava Pritchard are playing at six, I'd have them on one screen. Even mm -hmm. Chico and Water Walker might play like an hour and a half later. So I have them on that screen. Even during half time, I'll just write, while I watch the event after. Let's do it. It's an impressive effort, don't <laughs> I usually manage one a weekend, but well done. Yeah, so Ben, you would be um you would be uh very reliant on quality of commentator, I'm guessing. Yes. <laughs> yes. As um as a as I used to write and this um firstly I used I have on occasion written, have to do write up games that I am commentating, which is not fun at all, doing the double, so to speak. But yeah, it's um sometimes some sometimes you want a bit of assistance, especially I mean you would ex you would have experienced some very sh sorry oh, I'm swore there some very shifty camera angles um, <laughs> in our competition, especially Northern Tigers and North Taramara Recreation Area. But yeah, that's yeah that's when you need the commentator's help. Uh, I hope I hope I. I've done my best, but yeah, it it can be very difficult sometimes. Now you're one of the better ones, so don't worry. I, I would say it was not bad. If you Ben, just just to give you an idea, most of the grounds that we go to, there's sort of rickety-looking scaffolding. Oh yes. And and there's two people perched on that, and it doesn't matter if it's blowing a gale and it's as cold yeah. as buggery. And yeah, and then for them to actually sort of remember everybody's names and some pertinent yes. facts about them, it's it's yeah. Yeah. Well, you've done it for, as you said, five years, but um, yeah, bloody good job, Eric. Yes, thank you. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm glad I've actually seen a photo. That reminds me, I saw a photo of the very lightweight scaffolding at the Illawarra Stingrays home ground, Macedonia Park, 
So it look, it's very exposed, and it looks like I could have shaken it with one hand. So, uh, so I'm glad I I'm glad I haven't drawn that short straw. So what's your process like if you're going to commentate? Because I've come over and I've said hello at at half time to people who've been commentating for the NPO, and they've got these like notebooks. They're just like tiny scrawl all over the place, and laptops out and the giant headphones. What what's the process of being a commentator? Yeah, uh, so I think I'll start with the ideal scenario somewhere with cover. Sydney Uni is probably a good example. I mean, well, actually, it's the ideal example because there's a bar in the grandstand. So, <laughs> but uh, you've got access to power there as well. So, um, NPL TV it runs off a twenty to thirty second delay, roughly, off real time. So, way better than Paramount. But um, so you could have that the stream in front of you, and if you miss something, you've got like one chance at seeing. Um, seeing the replay just to see um if you could see uh, see if you could uh, pick up something you missed although i wouldn't recommend um skipping back through the stream if you missed that one time because then it, then you're just like not focusing on the game uh it's i don't know if anyone's if you've ever done those exams where you've got you can bring in like an a full page of notes but it remind commentary prep reminds me of those suddenly your writing gets incredibly neat like it's that my writing is terrible normally but I think so like under the pressure of the job i actually become like reasonably neat for once it's uh my approach is just um because yeah people will know if you keep having to uh think when matching shirt number to player name so a lot of my notes is actually numbers and names so like for example claudia chico number two for apia leichhardt and um then that then i do somehow fit on league position recent results and uh luckily um for npl there's uh opta the stat company that do they do stats for the top tier so we do get that so i mean you can't just um read off it you have to actually do a bit of reading for it to see what's most interesting but a big example being what kelly brown not just top of the goals but you know up near the top i think if not the top in terms of assists as well so she had a great obviously had a great season for MacArthur Rams and I think fully deserve that she's back uh, with Wellington Phoenix. Uh, but yeah, other stuff like that, there's some of the lesser interesting stuff like uh, minutes played. So you can see who's, who's done the most minutes in a team, or if you do some quick maths, you can figure out if anyone has actually played every single minute over the course of a season, things that, you know, the standard stats like Jules one. So Jules like 50 fifties, whether it's in the air or on the ground. And I do like that they have, um, they kind of pick up the best five or six interesting facts for you. Like if a player is leading the lead in jewels, that gets highlighted. Or if um, if a, if a player's if a player's scored in a number of consecutive games, that gets picked up as well. So yeah, um, it's good to have that help. That's come in. That's new for this. That that was new for 2023. So we had to fly a bit blind in previous years. Uh, if you don't get that, it's really just about, uh, luckily because of um, what I mentioned previously with play, a lot of the Australian players basically playing and uh, rotating between A-League women and NPL. Like I, I do know a lot of these players and it actually has helped that um, players, it's what I call the Great Sydney Migration, players moving to Sydney for the winter to play NPL New South Wales. Which, if you're curious, I think started with Kyra Cooney Cross in 2018, when she was like 16 years old, and she just said, oh, "I've outgrown Victoria. I'm going to play in New South Wales now." Which is, although that does possibly lead into another issue with favoritism in Australian football because of, well, she would, 
Yeah. Just briefly, a bit controversial, but uh, play she Kyra played for Football New South Wales Institute and Football New South Wales Institute players, they all tend to they a lot of them come from the same high school, Westfield Sports High School in Western Sydney. Okay. Which I mean has developed a lot of players, but um so Ellie Carpenter, Princess Abini, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, perhaps perhaps funneling people to one high school may not be the best idea. But oh, sorry, I've gotten sidetracked. Oh yeah. Um like not you. for the first time. But yeah, it's just yeah, because um all these players um play in NPL, even the ones that from interstate that then go back to were Adelaide United or uh Brisbane Raw or whatever. So I've been lucky in that yeah, watching A League women helps me know NPL more and the other way around. So that's kind of that. It's but it's not something because I do less know I have less notes than most other commentators. It's not something you can do overnight, but it if you're I find uh if you're passionate about the sport it helps a lot. If you said that you said your favorite place to commentate was uh Sydney Union, they do have a very nice stand. Yes. It's nice as a spectator too. What's your least favorite place to commentate? It's not Northern Tigers. I'm trying to think what it was. I mean, it depends what you're rating it on. Like, yeah. when you've got shelter, or yeah. when you're going to get tetanus from the stands, or <laughs> whether it's cold. Lambert Park. Or, I mean, you. I don't know how anyone can do Christie Park because that's freezing. Yes, it is. At least it has a scaffolding now. It was um, ground level last year, and I remember people, players uh, talking to me and said, it said, I, I can't see anything from this. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's, it's difficult. But um, I'm sure, I mean, there's... All, there's yeah, apart from Sydney Uni, Manly United have a covered grandstand as well. But then it does it does become a test of your player identification with some of the uh, lower down uh, vantage points. Um, I mean, this is not an NPL in the women's second tier, but uh, Mount Druitt Town Rangers, it's a not very elevated and uh yeah that's that gets difficult and also their lights are mm, they're not great also peter moore field which you would be very familiar with that's um those it's yeah the lights aren't great photographers have told me that and the surface also is um it it basically encourages direct football because it's not good what's what's the coldest you've ever been um oh in commentary i can't remember because i think i've i've made sure i'm good with the thermals and the gloves now but it was i actually remember like so for those that don't know um in men's before i before i started working for manly united i used to support blacktown city and against this is a game against like pretty traditional rivals bonnerig white eagles down at their ground and it was awful it was like must have been like two degrees Blacktown gave up the lead twice in a two-all draw, and at full time I didn't care. I just wanted to get to the car. It's like I, I don't, I don't care about the drop points. I, it was very, very miserable. But um, okay. other, than, I think because I'm used to Christie Park or the Arctic Circle, as we we like to call it, um, that doesn't that ground doesn't bother me so much. But it is, it is funny watching like the away team shiver in the middle of winter, <laughs> whereas they go out to war, to try and warm up. Those. Sunday evenings, it's like six oh, o'clock at dark yeah. and at North Taramara and the wind yeah. and the rain's coming yes. up that hill. Yeah. Oh, that's North Taramara, right yeah. That's because North Taramara's elevated as well. It's like, um, it, yeah, the, so it, it, 
when the wind blows in the wrong direction, it catches those high, cold ocean winds. Yeah, it's not pleasant. So what you can probably catch for, for people who are listening and for Ben is there's really this kind of a community of neutrals who show up to these uh, matches. And it's kind of a big deal of like discussing, you know, what your favorite ground is. What are the chips like at which ground? Yes. What's the hot chocolate like? What kinds of milk do they have available at that ground? Is it sheltered? <laughs> and there's a, we could talk forever and ever about it. Where's the best hot chocolate? Oh, I have a vote. It's on that. not Pluin Park. It's not okay. Um, good to know. Um, I actually I don't I don't mind Plume Park. I just but I actually haven't been there in four years because um, the Central Coast have their own commentator. Some Central Coast Grand Mariners Grand announcer Pete Pryor, who you may hear on. You, you may hear his voice on Saturday, but like, I mean, it's good because I've thought about it. I think I'm actually like the second closest commentator to Plume Park, despite the fact I live in Western Sydney. So good thing. <laughs> good on Pete. Um, uh, actually, uh, Christie Park's not bad for um, uh, hot chocolate. I think they also have some kind of milk alternatives. I can't remember if they have lactose-free milk. This, I have a, uh, Megan will be in. My friend Megan, who is, uh, loves her lactose-free milk, she'll be embarrassed that I don't already know this. I know Lambert Park do a good mock and a good hot chocolate. They don't have lactose-free milk, though. Um, I am mad. I, I just assume Sydney Uni would be good at this as well, because, I mean, that that bar does have a coffee machine. It's pretty good coffee, at least. Um, the, I mean, the Northern Tigers canteen is good, if it's open. If it's open when you get there. And also, you, go, you can't you see from the ground, either. So... Sorry, there's a golf there's a golf canteen oh, the golf. and then there's the oh yeah there is the golf canteen I have used the golf canteen as well golf canteen yeah oh that's good well I mean I assume so if, I, if it's servicing yeah. golfers they they demand the best my vote for the best hot chocolate is Linwood Park actually yeah that is that is pretty that good in there tops and I have a great memory of watching you sitting in the stand with us you're watching MacArthur versus Northern Tigers <laughs> you've got your laptop open you're streaming one game. And you're also doing the um, social media for for Manly as well. Oh yes, that was. <laughs> it was like yes. multitasking in football. Yes. I was very impressed by that. Yes. Uh. Yeah. So hopefully this doesn't ruin the fantasy for anyone that thinks I watch um all Manly United first grade games. I do not. I. That's why NPL TV exists. I can, I can keep it keep track of it. To all that for my full time graphic, I got Canva. All I need to know is who scored, and then I can just do do the full time posts. And uh, I think, so the most random place, I remember doing a Manly Men's full-time graphic from uh, Wollongong, or Wynn Stadium in Wollongong, because mm -hmm. um, the Manly had played and Wollongong had played at the same time. It was, I was a bit annoyed about that weekend. I'd asked for Manly versus Sydney FC at Valentine Sports Park, close to where I live, and I got sent to Wollongong. I was like, well, that's that's not what I wanted, but okay. <laughs> Something yeah. you gotta do, like you know, go on. There's so many little grounds, and I kind of imagine it's the same in New Zealand as well. People get to know the little grounds, and I think um, we're keen to get somebody on who can really talk about the New Zealand leagues as well, and then have all of that inside information. I, I think the thing is, like, it's fun, even if you don't support either of the teams, even if you don't support any of the players. It's it's really good to to show up to. Um, and this year we had the Sapphire Cup as well, which you called the final four. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the Sapphire Cup, it's 
the women's knockout competition for football New South Wales clubs. Football New South Wales have been incredibly slow in getting this up. We're the last state fed to have a women's knockout cup, which is <laughs> frankly embarrassing. I can't believe it's taken so long. So the the general consensus is now that all the the push behind it, um, behind that, behind finally creating the Sapphire Cup is so they can have a women's Australia Cup. So obviously there's a men's version, but um, and of course you can't have an Australia Cup if New South Wales, if football New South Wales don't have a knockout tournament. So hopefully we see it, the women's Australia Cup will be interesting very soon. Although their first challenge, if players are playing. Um, NPL and A-League yeah. women. Who plays for who? So does Isabel Gomez play for Northern Tigers or Central Coast Mariners? They might have, have to sort that out. Of course, the best way to sort that out is full, full-time professionalism for A-League women. So then that, yep. then the players don't have to choose anymore. But yeah, that's it's um we hopefully we're not too far off that. But yeah, by the way, call the Sapphire Cup. So this is well before I think. Any, I mean, this this is well before um, any of us were following Australian women's football, I think. But the predecessor to A League Women was uh, the WNSL, or also known as the Ansett Summer Series. Uh, so basically, uh, one team for each state, and New South Wales team was called the Sapphires. So that's why it's called the Sapphire Cup. Okay. Now, um, the final was uh, between Apia Leichhardt and Northern Tigers at uh, Leichhardt Oval. So um up here getting lucky with the choice of ground there but uh yeah so really i wasn't expecting to be asked for commentary but it was uh good to do it do it good to do a two-person call as well uh with nicola posner who's been covering the npl women's for a decade now so and uh, knows the competition so uh ben's heard his voice a lot as well i'm sure but yeah just um it uh kind of led to that kind of challenge about these overlapping seasons that we were talking about because um Apia, they had done a deal with Melbourne City, and Melbourne City allowed Rihanna Polchina and Holly McNamara to play, and it really made a difference. Northern Tigers could not work a similar deal with Central Coast Mariners, so they did not have uh, Isabel Gomez or Sarah Willisey, and it, yeah, you could you could see Izzy Gomez really missing from that midfield because um, Izzy Gomez, I think Dean, you were there at the semi final where she basically best player on the park by. Miles really ran I'm, the midfield. Yeah, I'm pretty biased, but I always think she's the best player. On, on the yeah, I think I and um actually I remember watching Izzy play futsal as a teenager for uh up in the northern suburbs and yeah best 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 player at the club there as well. So I, we're, I think we're used to saying that. Do you know what Izzy Gomez's favorite item of clothing is? Uh, I do not. It's a yellow card again. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah. But, I mean, would have been a red cardigan when she was playing futsal, but oh, she's she she's she's got one she of those. Is, with... Believe it or not, she has calmed down. By the way, from from her from four years ago. You came up with the term the old farm derby, didn't you? Ah, uh, no, that's uh, Dale Roots who does the Beyond Honey no. podcast with me. So that was in a group chat. We were because of um, Bulls FC Academy and Macarthur Rams. We were like brainstorming farm related ones. Dale won it with the old farm. So, I mean, there were others, the barnyard battle, the farmyard fracker, but yeah. Uh, um... What's what's the best pun? What's the best thing you've ever slipped in the commentary? Oh, duh, where do I start? Um, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I have one related to Kiwis or Phoenix. I good see. I, um, 
Yeah, I referenced to my ethnic background. Uh, I call the game a second tier game between Central Coast Mariners and St. George FC. Central Coast had um, uh, Philippines international Kiara Fontania in goal. Um, Ice, she was very vocal, loves screaming at her defense to push up, especially after set pieces. And so I said, I haven't heard a Filipino woman yell that much since the last time I made my mother angry. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's one of the, I've got, I, I have them written on my phone somewhere, but there was, uh, if I have one more, no, this is actually, I don't know, talk amongst yourselves while I tr try and find it on my phone. I did write them all down, but it was, well, oh, no, there's favorite, another one. My favorite actually, random moment was, uh, watching Bankstown City play and Susan Fong some can starts having this argument with a spectator. <laughs> And then she turns around and she says, shut the fuck up, mum. And then <laughs> I, love, I love the NPL. Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. So, Ben, just, just while we've got you, because it's been late that way, um, <laughs> as well as the NPL, what else did you watch New Zealand domestic? Yeah. So I watched the Phoenix Reserves, both men and women. And they play in the in Wellington, and then they get automatically promoted to like the national league, where it's all the North Island, South Island play for like nine games, I think. But I don't, I don't, they're not allowed to go into like the the finals for like the top two. So there's like ten nine nine ten teams. There's like nine games, and the top two go into like a final where they play each other. But the Phoenix are allowed in for some reason. Well, just. Thinking about the MPL this season, what was the game of the season for you? Since you watched it, a hell of a lot more than me. Game of the season. <laughs> it's a hard one, you know. Yeah, sorry to put you on the spot. Just, I'm trying to think of my game of the season now. I don't know. Uh, I would say probably against the Wellington Olympic. We didn't win. I think we lost like three-one. <laughs> it was the last all throughout throughout the whole game were a very like under strength team because a lot of the uh, the main reserves players were out training with the, the with the a league team so there was a lot of like the third team players and they really held their own for like a lot of the game up to like the 80th minute when they considered the two goals so i think that's the the best game because that was we were like the underdogs by quite a fair bit good good thank you Sorry, uh, Eric. You did you find anything on your phone? Um. Oh, wait. I was I was looking. <laughs> um, okay. Um. Uh, uh. Going back to my Catholic upbringing, I was like, um, I was calling a men's game between Blacktown and Sydney FC Academy on Easter Sunday, and I said Blacktown were winning four nil, and I said if Sydney FC get anything out of this game, it'll be the biggest comeback seen on an Easter weekend in about two thousand years. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I, I saw the comment. I saw the camera operator laugh as well. I was really proud of that one. <laughs> you don't. You don't sort of watch Twitter feeds while you're doing the commentary, so you, you get that instant feedback. No, I although um I with um a couple of lines, I have gotten messages and like have discovered that people have been watching based on because I do I do keep track of my notifications. It's more just in case something's wrong and I might be able to something's wrong with the stream, I might be able to address that, or if there's no graphics, so I need to give more score updates and stuff like that. That's why. But yeah, actual Twitter feeds? Nah, I don't really... There's not... There's. I, I try to multitask, but yeah, scrolling social feeds is a bit beyond me. Good. Yeah. Same. 
and I'm just a spectator. So I was thinking we could uh, cover predictions for the A-League women's season. I'm not talking about going like first to last kind of thing, but who do you reckon who do you reckon's going to win? Who do you reckon is going to get wooden spoon? Where do you think the Knicks are going to come? Oh, goodness me. Who do I... Let's see. So, um, actually, this does remind me. Hopefully, this Beyond 90 squad page is fairly up-to-date. It is kind of our job. But uh, I just... I <laughs> Megan's not going to like this. I just... I, I am so uninspired by the Wanderer squad. I just... I just don't see... I'm not sure where their goals are coming from, although best of luck to Millie Clegg. But um, it's just... Yeah, I don't see... I don't see how they're going to get many results. Also, they have to replace Claire Hunt, who was like the one good thing about their squad, and now she's at Paris Saint-Germain. So that's... They've also lost Malia Steinmetz. They have, ah, yes, to so... um, Norseland in... Yeah, so Norseland in Denmark. Pleasingly, Norseland means um, North Zealand, of course, which is what New Zealand is named after. So that was nice. That's nice. <laughs> so uh, Wanderers for the spoon. Yeah, think who's, I think. Who's winning it? I I can't. This is a boring prediction. I can't go past Sydney FC. I think the squad is. They've lost players, but they've just replaced them with other players, so they should be fine. I mean, hopefully Taylor Ray. This is the last ACL injury she'll have because I mean. She, she should slot straight back into that. Um, midfield, uh, Shea Connors is a good pickup. You know, Aiden Keane. They still somehow have Courtney Vine. Well, actually, I I, I I know why. I know why they still have Courtney Vine. They're just able. I think Courtney just doesn't want to move overseas. But, yeah. And uh place Kirsty Fenton was really impressive last year. So she'll be... And, uh, yeah, she's only 20 years old. So and plenty of room to grow for Kirsty. Uh, I... Perth, I like I like Alexa Park because I just I I I'd like to see him whenever Ante Juric goes as being like the next Sydney FC coach. I think there's I feel do feel like there's only so much he can do at Perth Glory because I think all of Perth Glory's good seasons are when Sam Coe was playing for them, so which makes sense. Uh, down, uh, going back to down the bottom, Newcastle should I mean Newcastle? I, I still think Newcastle have a bit more about them than the Wanderers, and they also have Melina Ayres. They've done well to get her from Melbourne Victory, and they also have Claudia Chico as well. So, I mean, at least one side of the defense will be okay there. I mean, no, but I mean, and I expect the usual Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City will be up there as well. I actually don't think Mariners won't make finals, but I think Mariners won't do too badly. And I really rate their coach Emily Husband, uh, who was um, 2022 NPL Coach of the Year, won the Premiership by 11 points, and that was with nowhere near the best squad on paper. So think, especially, and the best thing about the Mariners is they planned this, like Emily Husband was named as the coach a long time ago, so which meant she's basically had, in while also being Sydney Uni head coach, she's been able to plan and, you know, see who she wants and build the squad that she wants. And... Because um, her assistant coach is Jake Stevenson from Northern Tigers. So very unsurprisingly, they have a squad full of Sydney Uni and Northern Tigers players. Yes. Yep. Some quality players. Yeah. You've not told us where the Knicks are going to come. Oh, wait. Um, see, not last. I don't think not last. last. Yes. I, I think 
Well, that's, I mean, they, you know, what? I, I, well, I mean, they can't be last with Mackenzie Barry and Kate Taylor, the best centre-back duo in the competition. So, obviously not. Uh, they got the Wanderers covered. I feel like they got the Jets covered. Um, I'm not sure who else. They, I'm sure they'll, obviously they'll, they'll think it's a must to finish ahead of the Mariners who are just coming back into the comp. So we'll find out more on Saturday as to how that prediction will go out. I think they've got those three teams, but yeah, finals is a bit of a stretch, especially, um, although actually Canberra's quite young now and they've, they've had player losses as well. So, you know, Wellington, I think Wellington, you know, they could, you know, they, 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 they could, they've had, they've, um, given Canberra a couple of touch-ups in the past. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, that's that's those... Um, I think... I mean, they'll obviously try and win any, every game. And they beat Sydney last year, so it they can't they can beat anyone. But I think those 14... Canberra, Jets, Wanderers, and Central Coast, that'll be the kind of... They'll def, I'm sure Wellington will be looking at them thinking we could beat the... We could beat them. Also, Brisbane's actually a pretty young squad. So maybe them... Uh, Perth, it's well, uh, good luck winning in Perth, but mm-hmm. but you know, if uh, full home and away means Perth have to come to Wellington as well, so exactly. that should be they'll be targeting that as well. So if they, I, I mean, I we'd all love it if they make finals, but if they're safe, if they're in mid table and nowhere near the spoon, I think that's a successful season. I would agree with all of that. Uh, City or Sydney to win, yeah. Wanderers, yeah, down the bottom, and, and yeah, I, I'd be thrilled with a mid-table yeah. finish for, for the Knicks. Yeah. We saw also Western United, who um, oh sorry, just Western United. They've kept Hanekin, added Catherine Zimmerman, and they've added Grace Maher as well. So, oh my God, Grace Maher, the the best passer in the competition. I don't think it's particularly close. So, <laughs> uh, their forwards are going to have a field day, I think, because Grace Maher feeding through balls to them. And Chloe Legazzo, of course. Oh, how could I forget her? Yeah. That's a pretty star-studded lineup. Yeah. Ben, what about your thoughts? I think mine's a totally opposite. I reckon you got to back the team the whole way. Ten football, we've got to make top six, and we're winning the league, I reckon. <laughs> oh, wait, is this a 16 <laughs> final series, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. Sorry, I was still talking like it was a 14 final series. Oh, might as well back him in to make the finals. <laughs> That's it. I'm sorry. I'll change my prediction. They'll get in there in sixth place. That's what our men are best at doing. Getting in there in sixth place, losing in the first round of finals. Yep. Classic Knicks. It's what we do best. So are there any uh, follow-up uh, questions for Eric? No? I I think we're looking at the list and I've asked all the ones that I... We did. Thank you for coming on, Eric. Um, I... I still feel confused about how football, like the semi-pro football level in yeah. Australia functions, but that's not your fault. That's the, the fact that I've sat there and had this conversation with a number of people over the last couple of NPL seasons, and it, it is bewildering. Yeah. Um, and, it, and, it, and there are lots of problems, but we are grateful that it is a um, it's fun to go to, um, and also that it's been quite a nice place for our next players to go and 
and spend the winter. Um, so thanks for having a chat about all those things and about your favorite hot chocolate and about your <laughs> your um, commentating. So thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks, thanks Holly. Thanks Dean. Thanks Ben. It's uh, been a lovely chat and uh, it's uh, good to do something different. <laughs> <laughs>